Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I'm on live till 6 o'clock, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Our numbers, I'm going to take the calls that are on hold now about our conversation about Cruz and Trump and citizenship and lots of different things. And then I'm going to switch to Ask the Libertarian, a very popular segment. But I just got a couple of tweets Um you can tweet at me at Monica Perez show from We Lost America saying that uh, he's seeing numerous reports that Justice Scalia died. Now, it's unconfirmed. I'm sure if it if it gets confirmed, Edgar's going to tell us about it on the news break coming up uh, at 20 after. But if that I hope that isn't true, because. Uh, first of all, he was great. And I mean, I, there's some things I would have issues with him, like with everybody, but he really was the man. And, uh, and boy, that would mean a justice that, uh, Obama would, you know, an Obama Supreme court justice. So I'm wondering if that's true, kind of puts a pull on my enthusiasm for the ask libertarian segment, but I'm going to get that back. And first, uh, I want to finish up with some of the calls we were talking about, before the break, I'm going to Dave in Commerce. Dave, you're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. I'm calling from inside the rabbit hole. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> uh, yes, you know, we finally have cell phone connection down here. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right, what you got? What you got from down there? Uh, oh, yes, the, the race for the White House. It's like all the hype. It goes on forever. The Super Bowl looks like nothing compared to it. Of course, that's justifiable. Uh, but there's some other events transpiring around the world. Please enlighten me to what NATO's doing on the border of Russia. And then also really the one that's quite frightening. What's going on in Syria right now? And who started yeah. that whole mess anyway? Uh, could it be McCain, Hillary, and Obama? Please let me know. Dave, thank you for for the call because that is so important. And I have I have like 20 pages of show notes and like 15 of them are about that. And, but I talked about it last week. I touched on it and it's really complicated. It's very hard to get through uh, to people who have like real jobs and get their news from this what I consider to be sanitized national media about what's really going on over there. But I'll tell you in a nutshell what I think is going on this year and also, you know, this year because it's the last year of Obama and also uh, what's going on while while we looked elsewhere, while we're looking at the circus, which is sh- what Showtime calls its serial on this presidential campaign season, the circus. Well, we're watching the circus. What's happening is, there are calls for war every day in the Wall Street Journal in Libya. Uh, they they're just keep saying we need to go into Libya even without the permission of the government because we took out Gaddafi and ISIS spread like wildfire. We need to go into Syria so that we can take out Assad uh, and prevent ISIS from spreading like wildfire, which makes no sense. 
there was an article in the journal, I think it was yesterday, an op-ed piece, which was truly terrifying. It was a religious leader from Chicago saying that we absolutely have to intervene in foreign countries because we cannot stop uh, ISIS attacks on Christians. But the example he used, he said February 15th is the anniversary of the beheading of the Copts in uh, Egypt. But I'll tell you, that that video of the 21 cops who were beheaded was debunked by Fox News. Fox News at that time. And it's crazy because Fox and the Wall Street Journal are sister companies. They should know. And even Fox News seems to have put down the memory hole that their experts said that that video was, uh, quote, the footage was faked, that it was filmed in a studio. It was a picture of three so-called hostages looped seven times, which is why it looked like uh, 21 victims. The perpetrators must have been seven feet tall if it was real, but it's more likely or it's clear to them the Red Sea was an after effect in production. The sea was actually a bay projected onto a green screen and the blood was likely made of cornstarch. I know that's going to shock people, but I'm telling you the the narrative that you hear, the evidence that you're given, you have to dig into it because uh, we we're misled. So i uh, going to take a break. I'll get right back to this uh, in just a minute. Breaking news from the WSB 24-Hour News Desk. And this is Edgar Drake. It's live in the WSB 24-Hour News Center. This is just breaking out of Texas this afternoon. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia has died at the age of 79. Reports that he was found dead on the property of a luxury resort ranch in Texas. And the reason being given right now, uh, natural causes. Again, Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia has uh, been found dead. He has died at the age of 79. More details on the story as we get them. For now, Edgar Drake, it's live in the WSB 24-hour news center. Uh, we're back. This is Monica Perez. That is truly terrible news. I, uh, it's just terrible. So uh, that means that Obama's going to get a Supreme Court nominee, and I actually, not just the political imp- implications, but I would truly grieve the loss of Scalia. I mean, you might not agree with all of his positions, but it's really lost when a brilliant mind like that with a a set of clearly defined principles and the ability to apply. It's like a judge, Andrew Napolitano. I just love to hear their insights. You can take it to the bank. Uh, So I'm truly sorry to hear that. And, uh, but one other thing that I think is going to happen this year with Obama's last year, I was just talking about they want war in Libya, they want in Syria, uh, they, they're talking about there's an escalation of boots on the ground in Iraq. I think we have 5,000 boots on the ground in Iraq, which you probably didn't even hear about uh, because they've been misreporting that number. And then uh, NATO is putting, uh, our, our, and we, along with NATO, is putting thousands of troops as close to the Russian border as uh, as ever, more more even than during the Cold War. And those border countries were members of the Warsaw Pact, the Soviet Union. And when George H.W. Bush talked Gorbachev into tearing down the wall in Berlin, he promised Gorbachev that we would not bring Warsaw Pact countries into NATO. But Clinton did that. And those are the countries we're talking about. So when they're talking about Russian aggression, I think there is it, it isn't uh, Russian aggression. It is ours. But I think the rabbit hole might even be deeper than uh, Richard was thinking, 
the caller, because uh, Clinton basically installed Yeltsin. Yeltsin installed Putin. So what's really going on here? Is it, you know, 3D chess, as uh, as one of my favorite podcasters, James Corbett, calls it? Is it 3D chess where we see this at the surface, but what's coming down from the top is uh, an even higher level of maneuvering? Maybe maybe World War Three is on the table for these guys. It really changes the whole world. World War One brought the League of Nations. World War Two brought the UN. If they want world government, maybe they want World War Three, and maybe Putin, maybe the Russians would be so reluctant to do it that Putin's the one who needs a good excuse. That we're easier to manipulate, so we're doing all the wrong things to give him an excuse. So I really don't know what's going on, but I'll tell you, I think Ash Carter, the Secretary of Defense, is laying this all out right now so that the new president, whoever that might be, is in a position where he cannot deny that we are fully entrenched in massive wars. That's what I think is going on right now. I have time for one more call. Colin, can you make it fast? But it doesn't have to be fast. Come on, Colin in Atlanta. Tell me what you got. Hey there, Monica. This is uh, Colin. Just first of all, I wanted to say thanks for uh, doing what you're doing, fighting for liberty. Um, you're doing a great job, so thank you. Uh, I wanted to call and talk about a caller who uh, mentioned Trump's religious importance in his uh, in his political campaign. And um, I'm glad you kind of were skeptical about that, because uh, if you look at history, uh, in, in the election of 1800, when Thomas Jefferson ran, uh, a lot of the public asked him, why aren't you mentioning your religious beliefs? And he replied by saying that it was mainly a, or it should be, a completely private issue, and so he wasn't going to bring it into the political arena. And I think that's really important to think about as we look at separation of church and state, and we look at the current political arena, and we ask ourselves, you know, really what has changed uh, from the founding fathers. Um, and so I'm not really one to judge, but, you know, you look at Donald Trump, and he was just at a rally where he was waving a Bible, uh, his personal Bible around, and the crowd was just going nuts. But if you look at the guy, and, and once again, I'm not one to judge, but he's a casino owner, which a lot of conservatives <laughs> yes. are against, you know, the, uh, gambling and that sort. He's had two divorces, and it seems like he's just really trying to advertise his religion because it's politically convenient. And it's a bit of a uh, fraud, Colin, because I was reading this weird article in the Wall Street Journal. I couldn't figure out why I was in there. And I always think in the journal and that big, those big propaganda papers, there's always a reason. And about halfway through, the article was talking about how uh, Trump accidentally misquoted the Bible uh, or quoted it in an awkward way that obviously meant he never, ever read the Bible or knew how to quote it. And, uh, and, and they were just saying, well, normally everything he says is from, is from him, but somebody fouled him up by giving him this false thing. So it seemed to me he was kind of outed as that being fraudulent. But what I couldn't understand is why the Wall Street Journal would cover for him. So it is, it is interesting, the Trump thing. He should just, why he needs to, uh, pivot to that. I don't think it's necessary. I agree with you. I think Thomas Jefferson and those guys did make a decision, and I think it was a good one, and I think it works. It it works. It's moral. It's ethical, but it doesn't have to be dominational. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez, hashtag AskTheLibertarian. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 
Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. WSB meteorologist Kirk Mellish is watching the winter weather threat in the WSB Storm Center. He'll have updates at the top and bottom of each hour this weekend and first thing Monday morning right here on WSB. And I wanted to tell you that the weekend prize pack, uh, Peggy won that. And the question was, uh, Grammy nominee L. King's famous father is... Rob Schneider from Saturday Night Live. He, uh, the mother is a model, and it's funny, London King, I think her name is, and it proves my observation that is ever since I saw Woody Allen have good-looking chicks was that funny is sexy. So Rob Schneider is uh, L. King's father. So I do have time uh, for call. I am... Going to answer questions. I have a whole grab bag of stuff that I've gotten, and uh, but I'm going to prioritize calls. So if you have a question for me on uh, libertarianism, ask the libertarian. You can call me now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Cedric in Atlanta. Yes, um, I'm just trying to get my, my arms wrapped around one concept. It seems like to me, what is the difference between a liberal and a libertarian? Because it seems like to me that a libertarian is basically a liberal that doesn't want to pay for somebody else's good time. Well, that, I think, is uh, a starting point. There's a great quote. I don't know it in full off the top of my head, but Harry Brown said, don't define libertarianism in terms of liberal and conservative concepts. Libertarians believe in personal Uh, individual liberty and personal responsibility on all issues at all times. But I find it really hard to, uh, to, for that to be enough. So I do like to define or tend to define it in conservative and liberal terms, which are as far as fiscal conservatism, small government, low taxes, a libertarian is more like a Republican conservative voter in that way, not the politicians. They don't even do that. But not the liberals. That's the opposite of the liberals. And we believe in strict property rights. Now, where there might be some overlap is that libertarians uh, think that people should be able to have a good time. You should be able to smoke your pot, whatever. I don't want to pay for it, but I can't make a law against it. Whereas when a liberal says that, you can't really buy it because they want socialized medicine. And when Bloomberg tried to outlaw sugary drinks in New York, he said, I pay, we, we communally pay for your medicine. We get to tell you what to do. So libertarians can have civil liberties, uh, personal freedoms that liber- liberals cannot have. But uh, libertarians also believe only in just wars. We're very absolute about self-defense. As a libertarian, I think the world would be a safer place if everyone had guns. And I think liberals feel like the world would be a safer place if no one had guns. But what they really mean is if just the government had guns, which I would never, ever buy. So there are differences uh, across the spectrum. And I would say that it does boil down to libertarians believe in, uh, personal liberty and individual responsibility on all issues at all times. But if you were to look at what is the fundamental law, the one thing that defines libertarian society, it's that there is one law. Don't touch me or my stuff. That is the only law. But this is a great launching off point. Ask the Libertarian next 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. You got me excited. Because this would truly be both an adventure 
and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB Saturday afternoons from 3 to 6 usually. So I am on till 6 this evening. Taking calls uh, for my special segment, you can also tweet at me, hashtag uh, AskTheLibertarian. My Twitter handle is at Monica Perez Show. And uh, you can call 800-WSB-TALK with your Ask the Libertarian question. I am going to go to Kathleen in Roswell. Hi, uh, Kathleen, you're on with Monica. Yes, well, how are you? Good. How are you doing? That's good. Okay, I have, um, have been a lifelong Republican. I'm, I'm tired of all of the professional politicians. But I wondered if you could tell the difference between a libertarian and a constitutionalist. Yes, I will. Thank you. Uh, I... I would say Ron Paul, the great Ron Paul, is both a libertarian and a constitutionalist. He defended the Constitution to the death, basically, almost, and, uh, and I respect that. And I think that uh, the Constitution itself lays out 18 enumerated powers of the government. It's probably too centralized for me. I will say that every libertarian will acknowledge the Bill of Rights as uh, absolute, like that that is self-evident. You don't even need to write that down. But of course, it's good that they did. Uh, and uh, I am an extreme libertarian. So I actually, when I looked at the, I lived in California when Obama was running in 2008, and the pictures were literally Soviet-style color block pictures like Lenin had, but it was Obama's face. And I thought, if the American experiment, which is the best possible experiment for self-limited government that could ever be, these guys were super well-educated, coming out of the Enlightenment. They had what they looked at in America as a clean slate. They really didn't think about the Indians as being you know, a government they had to fight with, and they didn't. I mean, the morals of that aside. So here was this basically perfect experiment. Actually, the Articles of Confederation came out of that, and the Constitution came out a few years later to replace it. And I actually think that the Constitution was really an end to the American experiment, the, the federal loose body of uh, of the states getting together uh, and that the Constitution gave somebody like Lincoln the right to say you cannot secede. And once you do that, the government has total power because you can't push back on that. But I, when I looked at that, I realized that self-limiting government is what I call a utopian fantasy, that it's just not going to happen. But the great Murray Rothbard talked about the self-ordering society. F.A. Hayek talked about uh, spontaneous order that with capitalism, with arm's length transactions, you will, I, I think you will be able to have an orderly society without a coercive monopoly government, which is what is laid out in the Constitution. I defend the Constitution. It's the best thing that's going to happen in this world. I am not in favor even of a constitutional convention. I think we need to cling to that Bill of Rights with you know our fingertips if we have to. But uh, in an ideal world, there wouldn't even be uh, that, that tremendous seat of power that's just ready-made for someone to abuse it. Thank you uh, very much for the call, Kathleen. I am going to, uh, I'm going to read a question. Uh, my question is an Ask the Libertarian question from BR. I like to do the, if you ever write to me, I might read your stuff on the air, but I only use your initials. He says, my question for you is this. What are some everyday things that individuals can do to reduce their dependence upon government and thereby reduce its power? 
I I think that using silver and gold, being able to grow your own food, all those kind of things, uh, being able to step off the grid is the ultimate power against government. But they know that, which is why Habitat One, the UN, uh, all this land use stuff, the Oregon standoff, all these things are talking about how they're going to kind of make it impossible for you to really have autonomous access to land, to what to what you really need to sustain yourself. I look at um, Obamacare makes everyone register. Even the Selective Service doesn't make everyone register. This makes everyone in the country register with the government. So being autonomous like that seems like an uphill battle and also a huge inconvenience. Uh, But what I really think, short of physically being able to walk away, which is a lot of power, what I really think would work is if people did this one simple thing. Never give the mainstream media or the government the benefit of the doubt when they tell you what's going on. Whatever their official narrative is, question it. Don't don't accept their evidence more easily than you would alternative media evidence. Do your own research, and if Fox or CNN is not coming up with proof, I mean, we don't really know what's going on in Syria. How do we know that taking out Assad won't make it worse the way taking out Gaddafi did. How do we know that? How do you know that? Because you believe all the government and media experts that come across the national news. And I'm saying, stop doing that. And the reason I think that would bring the whole uh, house of cards down is that they put so much effort into, uh, into that into convincing us that that stuff's true. When you dig in, you can see a lot of it isn't true. So why do they put so much effort into it? I think it's that they know, like Gandhi knew, that the consent of the governed is absolutely critical. Even in the most tyrannical uh, situation, if the people just sat down and didn't were willing to die, not in a war, but just not cooperating, not believing it, that the thing would crumble. And that's really where, where I think it comes down. Uh, I am going to go to Reggie Indicator. Hi, Reggie. You're on with Monica. How you doing, Monica? Happy weekend to you. Long time no see or hear from. Thanks for calling, Reggie. I remember you from when I was on Sundays. I guess Saturdays are a busier day for you. Right. Well, I was, just, I was, I was about to ask you, I was just going to ask you, what do you think about the uh, quote-unquote lamestream, mainstream news media? Do you think they've been used as a political uh, propaganda machine? or a campaign tool, because they're not telling us everything that we want to we want to hear or want to know or see. Or they're not telling us everything. They well, Reggie, look, journalism. when you see Trump and Cruz, if you look at from a distance, first they were friends, and then they started being mean to each other, and now it's a bloodbath. That stuff looks to me, uh, you know, the what the media chooses to focus on. They're not talking about the superdelegates, that Hillary has as many superdelegates as as Sanders, even though he trounced her in New Hampshire. They're not talking about that. They're talking that about Ted Cruz had a porn star in one of his ads. Right. What What is that all about? I don't know. I don't know exactly what that's all about. Well, I really feel like the media is... Even if it's just set up so that there are incentives. Oh, I have a have a, a question that plays right into this. Um, even if it's set up so that the media's incentives is to get uh, big ratings from sensationalistic stories, they're going to talk about the porn star 
and maybe Cruz, who has very sophisticated psychological analysts, uh, a, a has a consulting firm that's about like psychological strategy, Cambridge something, uh, that they if they can get the if they can give the media what it wants, they won't talk about things like uh, Canadian citizenship or superdelegates or the things that might really make a difference, but we're not paying attention to it. So I'm going to ask another question uh, on uh, Ask the Libertarian question from DK. He says, Milton Friedman stated in 1998 that the Austrian business cycle theory has done the world a great deal of harm. What are your thoughts on Milton Friedman and his seemingly anti-Austrian views? Uh, Milton Friedman, my father used to have me watch Free to Choose with him, and he was great as far as making people understand the importance of liberty and free markets. But he was a monetarist who wanted like a 2 or 3% increase in the money supply every year. And what that does is it robs the wage earner of all real productivity gains. So if you get better at your job every year so that you're... A company can produce two or three percent more goods, and that is what happens. It's called real productivity gains. The price of those goods would go down, and your wages would buy more. But if the government increases the money supply by two or three percent, the prices won't go down. Your wages aren't going up, they're staying the same, and you're not buying more. So it really robs people of productivity gains. So I don't like Milton Friedman for that reason, but I do like his son. David Friedman, who is a, uh, like me, I think, like me, an, an anarcho-capitalist, an extreme libertarian. But this is the second part of the question. Uh, Friedman also said, quote, I do not believe the solution to our problem is simply to elect the right people. The important thing is to establish a political climate of opinion which will make it politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing. Unless it is politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing, the right people will not do the right thing either, or if they try, they will shortly be out of office. Uh, I don't think there is any way to get the government to do anything that doesn't uh, kick back to the people in government. So when socialists or people on the left want more democracy, they really think, like people who follow Sanders think, that if enough people vote for a better government, they will get a better government. And I say that will never happen that only constituencies big money big power who can actually pay back the actors in government will ever be heard or served it's the idea that government is there exists to bestow privileges on people by taking away your rights that's an albert j Knox concept and i 100 percent believe that's true so uh that is how i came around to being you know what's called a voluntarist i guess i, I don't i really am uh, just a hardcore libertarian i don't believe the government can ever be trusted with absolute power it really does corrupt absolutely i've got time for one more right after the break 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk this is monica perez monica perez on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb be sure to tune in to Weekend Weather, brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Meteorologist Kirk Mellish is watching the winter weather threat in the WSB Storm Center, and we'll have updates at the top and bottom of each hour this weekend and first thing Monday morning right here on WSB. We are wrapping it up. Uh, I'm on normally Saturdays from 3 to 6. I'm not here next week, and but I'll be back February 27th. You can check my website and Facebook and stuff for times, monicaperezshow.com. Uh, but I did want to make a parting comment on the death of Justice Scalia, who I genuinely 
genuinely grieve for him uh, for that loss because, first of all, he was a great mind, obviously a very conservative Supreme Court justice, but I hate to use the expression conservative because a great Supreme Court justice is not political. And he was a champion of reading the text of the Constitution and also the original intent of the founders. But I like to tell people, read the Constitution. You don't need someone to interpret it for you. And uh, and the answer is there. And he supported that. So political views shouldn't matter. And when you have a guy like that who's experienced and he's been there, he can you can't get one over on him. You know, they really can. Uh, devour newbies in the political arena. So this is really a terrible, terrible loss. And uh, the I'm not familiar with the rules, the time frame for how uh, justices get replaced, but it would be a double whammy of loss to have a uh, to have Obama replace him with someone who would do quite the opposite, which would fundamentally transform this country by using the Supreme Court as a policy place uh, for policy so uh we can continue this discussion uh on my facebook page twitter at monica perez show or you can go to my website monica and uh, i'll be back february 27th from four to six